Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And uh, this evening, uh, I'd like to welcome you to the Edinburgh International Book Festival, and you're in for a treat. Uh, I'm going to be very short, because the person you want to hear is not me, and I'm just going to begin by reading you something very short. This poem is great, wondrous and fabulous. It can hardly wait to get out there among you all and give it to you straight. If it were a painting, they would hang it in the Tate. It's lyrical, it's musical, intellectually first-rate. Five, six, seven, eight, who do we appreciate? Roger McGough. Can you give him a big hand of applause, please? Thank you, Vivian. Thank you, Roger McGough. Thank you. Hiya. Good, um, good, 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 good uh, afternoon, good evening, hello. Nice to be here. Is it raining? <laughs> yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, I didn't have time to go around everybody to get to know all your names. I hadn't had time to do it. So, excuse me, but my name's Roger. So, on the count of three, if you just tell me your name. You needn't shout it out. Just, uh, you know, just as if you were meeting me in a, in a room. So, my name's Roger. You are one, two, three. Good, thanks. I think we got that straight. That's smashing. Well, I thought I'd begin with a poem that tells you all about me. It tells you what I'm really like. It's called The Writer of This Poem. The writer of this poem is taller than a tree, as keen as a north wind, as handsome as can be. As, as bold as a boxing glove, as sharp as a nib, as strong as scaffolding, as tricky as a fib as smooth as an ice cream, as quick as a lick, as clean as a chemist shop, as clever as a... The writer of this poem never ceases to amaze. He's one in a million billion, or so the poem says. Must be true. Um, I might not, but how many... Um, I arrived, came up, not, just not long being in Edinburgh, came up by train. Just wonder how many of you came here this afternoon. How many came by car? Hands up, came by car. Okay, hands up. How many walked? Thanks. How many came by submarine? That wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, usually one or two. Yep, not that one. Um, I had a very strange journey myself getting here. Here's the poem called I say, I say, I say. A funny thing happened on my way here today. The houses had hiccups. The roads ran away. Buses grew hurt in the silliest places. Traffic lights chuckled and pulled funny faces. Three-legged lampposts chased little dogs. The sun was mugged by clouds wearing clogs. Policemen and policewomen danced on the beat. A zebra crossing galloped off down the street. Beggars gave money to passers-by. There was an old lady who swallowed her. These amazing things all happened to me on my way here this afternoon, honestly. Hands up those who love going to school. Come on, hands up those who love, yes, go, oh, yes. Hands down, hands up those who hate going to school. Yeah. Hands up those who love putting my hands up. Right, I, I was always, I could never decide. Some days I loved school, some days I didn't like school. So I wrote a poem about that. What I love about school is the hurly-burly of the playground, the sly humour of the teachers. What I hate about teachers is their reluctance to cartwheel down corridors. What I love about corridors is that the longer they are, the louder the echo. What I hate about echo, echo, 
is its refusal to answer a straight question. question. What I love about question is the proud admission of its own ignorance. What I hate about ignorance is the naive assumption that it is bliss. What I love about bliss is its willingness to rhyme with kiss. What I hate about kiss is the news of it going around like wildfire. What I love about wildfire is its dragon's breath and its hunger for life. What I hate about life is that as soon as you get the hang of it, you run out of time. What I love about time is how it flies, except when at school. What I hate about school is the hurly-burly of the playground, the sly humour of the teachers. Can you, um, thank you. Can you hear me all right? Can you? I can't hear myself. It's like being at sea, isn't it? I just feel like, the, you know, the, like being a four, four, four master, you know, going down there, further forth. Um, I was going to a school a while ago, and I met the headmaster greeting me as I was going into the school to do a reading, and he said, hello, my name's Head. And he was the head. And uh, oh, that's interesting. So I thought I'd write a poem for him called Head. The head of our school is called Mr. Head. Honestly, that's his name. My name is Head and I'm the new head, is what he said when he came. He's very, very nice, but it has to be said that our head, Mr. Head, has a very large head. It says head on his sports bag and head on the door. But which of the heads does the head stand for? Do any of you have any um, funny nicknames at school? Do you know how many people can have your funny nicknames? Can you tell me, like, anyone brave enough to tell me what? Yes, the boy in the yellow T-shirt. Huh? Okay. It doesn't matter, Mike. It doesn't matter. Yes, no, it's all right. Just call, just call any of the funny nicknames. Yes? I'll come back to you, you see. You can tell me that, hey, Robin. Yes? Yeah, good one. And the boy behind? Flip top. I like that. Yes? Ooh, beat the man. I like, I like flip top. It's one of the better ones. Um, I had a very strange nickname when I was at school. I'm wondering if you can guess what it was. I read the poem. You tell me what my nickname was. The poem's called Old Wives' Tales. When I was a child, I caught measles. Then I caught chicken pox. After that, I caught tonsillitis. A month later, I caught influenza. As soon as I was better, I caught pneumonia. So my mother took me to see the old wives who told me to dip my fingers into butter every morning. And I did. And since then, I haven't caught a thing. <laughs> what, what do they, what do they, uh, what do they, they any, any ideas? Yes? Butterfingers, butter no. <laughs> yes? Spotted, no, four eyes, they call me. You just call me four eyes. Four eyes. Which is very cruel, because I didn't wear glasses at all. Anyway, um, <laughs> this next poem is about bullying. Hands up the bullies in the audience. No, we don't have to. Um, <laughs> about bullying, and like a lot of poems, a bit of it is true, and some of it is not true. But it's a called The Boy with a Similar Name. When Raymond Goff joined our class, he was almost a year behind. Sanatorium, said Mrs. McBride. So I want you all to be kind. Do you know what a sanatorium is? Do you know what a sanatorium is? Sanatorium was, a, don't use the word now, it's like a hospital for boys and girls who were, who were poorly. Used to go into a sanatorium. Sanatorium, said Mrs. McBride, so I want you all to be kind. Roger, your names are similar, so let Raymond sit next to you. 
He needed a friend to teach him the ropes and show him what to do. Then teacher went back to teaching and we went back to being taught. And I tried to be kind to Raymond, but it was harder than I thought. For he was the colour of candle wax and smelled of Dettel and Vic. He was as thin as a sharpened pencil and his glasses were milk bottle thick. Not only that, but unfriendly, all muffled up in his shell. Hobbies, interests, ambitions, it was impossible to tell. I was afraid of catching his yellowness and smelling of second-hand Vic. And the only time I could be myself were the days when he was off sick. But what proved to be contagious was his oddness. And I knew that he was a victim ripe for bullying. And so by proxy, I was too. How's your brother Raymond? The class began to tease. Do you share his dirty handkerchief? Do you catch each other's fleas? He's not my brother, I shouted. My cheeks all burning hot. He's a drippy four-eyed monster and he comes from the planet's snot. They laughed and I saw an opening. Wouldn't you have done the same? I pointed a finger at Raymond and joined in the bullying game. He stopped coming to soon after that. Sanatorium, said Mrs McBride. He never came back and nobody knew if he moved elsewhere or died. I don't think of him very often, for when I do, I blush with shame at the thought of the pain I helped inflict on a boy with a similar name. A poem called The Missing Sock. I found my sock beneath the bed. Where have you been all week? I said. Hiding away, the sock replied. Another day in your foot and I would have died. <laughs> There's a smelly poem and um, we know it's a smelly poem because you can smell things like dirty socks. But here's a poem about a nose. And this poem has a chorus. And it'd be great if you'd help me with the chorus. Will you do that? Let's try and fight against the noise of this rain. And the, the chorus goes, Wouldn't it be funny if you didn't have a nose? Okay, easy. One, two, three, and... Wouldn't it be funny if you didn't have a nose? Excellent. To make it work really well, you're going to hone your nose when you say it. Okay, one, two, three, and... Wouldn't it be funny if you didn't have a nose? You couldn't smell your dinner if you didn't have a nose. You couldn't tell a dirty nappy from a row of smelly toes. You couldn't smell the ocean or the traffic, I suppose. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if you didn't have a nose? You couldn't smell your mummy if you didn't have a nose. You couldn't tell an orange or a, ro or a summer rose. You couldn't smell the burning. Think how quick a fire grows. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if you didn't have a nose? Where would we be without our hooters? Nothing else would really suit us. What would we sniff through? How would we sneeze? What would we wipe upon our sleeves? You couldn't smell a rat if you didn't have a nose. You couldn't tell a duchess from a herd of buffaloes. And oh, that smelly cheese as it starts to decompose. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if you didn't have a nose? Where would we be without our hooters? Nothing else would really suit us. And think of those who rub their noses. Life would be tough for Eskimoses. You couldn't wear your glasses if you didn't have a nose. And what would bullies aim for when it came to blows? Where would nostrils be without them? When it's runny, how it glows. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if you didn't have a nose? Give yourselves a round of applause. Well done. Thank you very much indeed. I was, one, I was in a room once wondering what to write a poem about. 
and I saw this red metal box on the side of the, uh, the building and it said in case of fire break glass in case of fire break glass in case of glass fill with water in case of water fetch umbrella in case of umbrella beware of Mary Poppins in case of Mary Poppins switch off TV in case of TV change channel in case of channel swim across in case of cross say sorry in case of sorry hold out arms in case of arms lay down gun in case of gun fire in case of fire thank you um, you tell me what um, can you tell me what, what a plague is what a plague you know what a plague is yes yeah yes a disease quite right plague is a disease uh, here's a poem and someone said um, tell me once that there's a plague around see and I thought wow okay just give me I'm move this up a bit there's a plague around I said wow there's a plague around there's a plague around in every village in every town with big purple spots and greenish ones too there's a plague around and it's waiting for you there's a plague around there's a plague around keep your eyes open and don't make a sound or your ears will flap and you'll start to cough you'll sneeze and sneeze till your nose drops off there's a plague around there's a plague around in every school there's a playground you'll burst out laughing and run around when you get into the playground there's a playground there's a playground in every school there's a playground <laughs> who's um, are you any good at doing riddles who likes doing riddles yeah okay let's, let's see if you're good at these riddles okay let's see how if you can get these riddles only three little ones a rat black rattles across the floor a cross red daubed upon the door a bell muffled rung in the early dawn a grave deep dug far away from town a tumbril full trundles down the lane tomorrow and tomorrow it will trundle again people avoid me like the plague what am I? Plague. You're going to say that then, won't you? Plague, good, yeah. Who gets this one? Identical twins. We live on opposite sides of a hill that is not steep. Yet we never see each other. Yes, we sometimes weep. I won't go on the front one, anyway. Yes? Eyes, good. All right, round of applause. Eyes, you get that? Mark, do you get that one? You got it. Yeah. Here's one for the grown-ups. Uh, anyone can do it, but maybe it's a bit hard, I think. See how many grown-ups get. To ease us through these difficult days, at hand to tease out waifs and strays. Though causing pain, we squeeze you again and again. Vain, not really. More a fear of the unruly. If you wish to borrow mine, simply repeat the opening line. Hmm? No. I'll do it again. To ease yes. To ease us, to ease us through those difficult days. At ease to our wagon waves and strays unruly. You know, get it good and clever. Yeah. Um, how many when you grow up, I'm talking about the young ones now. How many people when they grow up want to have a car? All those yes. Okay. How many cars do you want to have? 
Just the one. Round of applause there. Good. How many cars do you want to have? Two. two. And any advance on two? More than two cars, maybe? Ooh, yeah. Seventeen. Um, Men's you can. Men's you can. Four. Okay. Well, you might be like the person in this poem called Five Car Family. We're a five car family. We got what it takes. Eight thousand cc, four different makes. One each for the kids. I run two. One for the missus when they're shopping to do. Cars are Japanese, of course, Subaru and Mazda. And the Nissan that the missus takes, nipping down to Asda. We're a load of noisy parkers, we never do it neat. Drive the neighbours crazy when we take up half the street. Unleaded petrol, that's got to be a joke. Stepping on the gas, we like the smoke to make it choke. Carbon monoxide, take a deep breath. Benzene dioxide, automatic death. Because it's all about noise and it's all about speed. All about power and it's all about greed. All about fantasy, all about dash. All about machismo, all about cash. All about blood and it's all about gore. All about oil and it's all about war. All about money and it's all about spend. And it's all about time that I came to an end. <laughs> Thank you. When I've read the next poem, can you tell me who's speaking, who's talking in the poem? Not me, who's... Who's talking in the poem? It's called Give and Take. I give you clean air. You give me poisonous gas. I give you mountains. You give me quarries. I give you pure snow. You give me acid rain. I give you spring fountains. You give me toxic canals. I give you a butterfly. You give me a plastic bottle. I give you a blackbird. You give me a stealth bomber. I give you abundance, you give me waste. I give you one last chance, you give me excuse after excuse. So who's talking? Yes. Pardon? Yes, nature. The earth. Thanks. Thanks. Um, I don't want to do, do a couple of these. Um, when I'm not um, writing poetry, I, I'm, I'm cooking. I have a restaurant in, in London. Uh, called the cra you didn't know that did you? Called the Crazy Cafe, and um, it's very popular. The Crazy Cafe, people come to it all over the world now. And Gordon Ramsay's getting very worried, and um, <laughs> and so people ask me to put some of my famous recipes into a cookbook. So I'm just collecting the recipes into a cookbook. Uh, but here are a few of them. Get the sort of drift. If you ever in London want to pop in, you're welcome. Um, toad in the hole. Good chefs catch their toads first thing in the morning while they are fat and fresh. The toads, not the chefs. But if you're not an early riser, you may prefer to use frozen toads or cans of toads in tomato sauce. For a nourishing and tasty dish, simply take a large loaf, white, unsliced, make a hole in the middle, stuff with the toad mixture, and bake in a hot oven until the cows come home. Mm, that's fun. Another favorite one is rabbit pie. Rambo, my pet rabbit, loves this pie. And I'm sure yours will too. From your local butcher, buy a large pork pie. Take it home and carefully remove the crust, scrape out all the meat, and either throw away or give to your pet cat. Then fill with carrots and lettuce leaves. Replace the lid and serve immediately. <laughs> surprise pudding. I adore making puddings that surprise the diners who come to my cafe. Here are a few of my favorites. French fries with custard, raspberry jelly and kebabs, apple turnover with bacon and mushy peas, chocolate mousse and chipolatas, 
broccoli flavoured ice cream with microchip cookies. Um, any of you got any ideas, by the way, for those sort of surprise puddings? Please let me know. I'd be delighted to uh, help. When we're growing up, when we're very young, it's funny the way we learn language. We learn how to speak, isn't it? You know, suddenly we're not talking. Next thing we're yapping away and can't shut up, some of us. And um, I mean, if you say to someone, what's a pop singer? You say someone who sings pop songs. But to a little child who's learning to speak, pop is what you drink, or pop is the noise a balloon makes when you stick something in it. So I'm trying to think of all those little phrases we use, and what do they really mean? Like, is a well-wisher someone who wishes at a well? Is a bad speller one who casts a wicked spell? Is a pop singer someone who sings and then pops? Is a shoplifter a giant who goes round lifting shops? Is a night nurse a nurse who looks after the night, who puts it to bed then turns out the light? Is a potholer a gunman who shoots holes in pots? Does a babysitter really sit on tiny tots? Does a pony trap trap ponies going to the fur? Is fire hose stockings that firemen wear? Is a light bulb a bulb that is as light as a feather? Does an opera buff sing in the altogether? <laughs> Does a lightning conductor conduct orchestras fast? Is a past master a master who's mastered the past? Is a scratch team so itchy it scratches? When a bricklayer lays a brick, what hatches? Is a tree surgeon a doctor made out of wood? Is a blood donor pita bread stuffed with blood? Is a sick bed a bed that's feeling unwell? Is a crime wave a criminal's wave of farewell? Is a bent copper a policeman who's gone round the bend? Is the bottom line the line on your bottom the end? <laughs> hands up for those who thought that poem rhymed. Hands up, come. Hands up, uh, okay, hands up. How many thought it didn't rhyme? Hands up those who don't care either way. <laughs> Fine, good. Um, well, this is a poem about rhyme. I think rhyme's nice. You know, poems don't have to rhyme, but sometimes it's nice to be able to use it. So, in this little poem, I've left out a word, the rhyming word, and I want you to shout out the missing word. Have a go. See, see if you can get out of the missing rhyming word. Should we do that? Okay, here we go. The poem is called Moan. The sun's too hot and the moon's too cold. The clouds are too young and the stars too... Good. The queen's too kind and the king's too grumpy. The pillow's too soft and the bed's too... Good. I, I, echo. I, I, I was doing that one once and a boy shouted, Hard! I said, no, it doesn't rhyme. He said, it could be hard. Beds are often hard. Anyway, but you're good. You are spot on, especially that one over there. Where are oh, the pig's too bare and the lamb's too fleecy. The stew's too thick and the soup's too greasy. The, sous, the sea's too wet and the beach is too stony. The poem's too long and the poet's too... Brony. Bony? Baloney, no. no. Lonely, Lone said lonely is a good word, good poetry word. Doesn't rhyme though. No, Moni, no, you think so. Because the poem's called Moan. No, I give in. Okay, the poem, the answer is Shetland Pony. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you might have got that, you know, being, you know, uh, Shetland Pony, because I wanted to write a poem about Shetland Pony. That's my poem, and I did. So the thing is, um, 
It's not as easy as you think, Ryan. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's not as easy as you think. I mean, at first you're okay shouting out, you know, greasy, weasy. But when it came to the, the difficult rhyme, that's why I'm up here and you're, you're down there, really. Uh, <laughs> the way it is. Uh, anyway, um, otherwise, a few, um, few little animal, animal poems now. This one's called Seagulls. Seagulls are eagles with no head for heights. For soggy old crusts, they get into fights. Out of tune buskers, beggars and screechers, seagulls are not my favourite creatures. Stick insect. I may be a stick insect, but I'm not thin, I'm thick. I married my childhood sweetheart, who turned out to be a stick. Um, what, what animal am I looking at now? Giraffe, no. Giraffe, giraffe if, it's, no, no, no. Kangaroo, kangaroos, kangaroos, see, yeah. So I always think of giraffes as being on the, on the horizon. So when you look at a giraffe, you just look. But uh, kangaroo, okay. Kangaroo, kangaroo, kindly stop jumping. I'm talking to you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one, this is a, a sort of made up type animal. And um, which looks like this. The sort of animal you might see in the corner of a large department store. And it's got like a, a back like that. And uh, here we are. And there's someone. Uh, and there's a bit of thread stuff on there. And this is um, a cross between an elevator and an escalator and an alligator. And it's called the elevator. There's a poem. Beware the elevator. If you see one in a shop, he let you ride upon his back, then eat you at the top. <laughs> That's my next one. Oh yes. Um, three ways to stop alligators from biting your bottom when you are on the toilet. This <laughs> may come in handy. Remember this, please. One. Do not go during the rainy season. Two, if you must go, use only toilets in the first-class sections of aeroplanes. Three, using face paints make your bottom so scary it will frighten them away. <laughs> Recognising this? One a duck. <laughs> One morning, an ostrich buried his head in the sand and fell asleep. When he awoke, he couldn't remember where he'd buried it. <laughs> and just maybe one more of these um, little ones. I don't know whether I should do this one actually because it's it's a bit rude. I must say, is it rude? It is rude. 
and there are some grown-ups here, but uh, <laughs> what do you think? Shall I do it? Yeah! Yeah, yeah come on. Book Festival. Come on, if we can't do it here, where can we do it? Here we are. Okay, just have a lovely drawing, actually, painting, if you like. All right, there is the horizon, and there is the sun going down, right? Over here, tree, interesting tree, green leaves, green bark, green trunk, there we are. And taking shelter underneath. Now those at the back might not be able to see, but those here would recognize the emus. <laughs> Funny, emu. What's an emu look like? It looks a bit like a ostrich, isn't it? But that sort of thing. Okay, there's the emus down there. Emus. And right up here in the sky, from way up here, way up high, are the kiwis. And the poem goes like this. To amuse emus on warm summer nights, kiwis do wee-wees from spectacular heights. <laughs> ah. Ah, I love doing that. Anyway, um, yeah, we are. Thank you. Just a few more poems, maybe, to finish. Um, I had a call from a publisher uh, a while ago. He said, Roger, do you have any poems about cats? I said, oh, I've got a cracker about an emu. She said, no, we want a cat poem. This lovely book we're making of cat poems with all cat illustrations. And all the money, she said, is going to the CPL. I said, what's that? She says, the Cats Protection League. You know, it was called then. The Cats Protection League. I said, what's that about? She said, I'll send you some brochures explaining what we do. But before they arrived, I'd written this. Midnight, a knock at the door. Open it, better had. Three heavy cats, mean and bad. They offer protection. I ask, what for? The boss cat snarled. You know the score. Listen, man, and listen good if you want to stay in the neighborhood. Pay your dues or the toms will call and wail each night on the backyard wall. Mangle the flowers and as for the lawn, a smelly minefield awaits you at dawn. These guys meant business, without a doubt. Three cans of tuna, I handed them out. They then disappeared like bats into hell, those bad, bad cats from the CPL. <laughs> and thank you. Um, thank you. And I, I like, did like those uh, naughty cats. I wrote a few more. I'll just read one more of these naughty cat ones. And it's called The Mafia Cats. Where are Mafia Cats? Bugsy, Franco and Tony. We're crazy for pizza with hot pepperoni. We run all the rackets from gambling to vice. On St. Valentine's Day, we massacre mice. We always wear shades to show that we're meanies. Big hats and sharp suits and drive Lamborghinis. We're the mafia cats. Bugsy, Franco and Tony love Sicilian wine and cheese macaroni. But we have a secret. And if you dare tell, you'll end up with the kitten at the bottom of the well. Or covered in concrete and thrown into the deep. For this is one secret you really must keep. Where the Cosa Nostra run the scams and the fiddles. But at home we are Mopsy, Ginger and Tiddles. <laughs> so come more poems now. And this one does have a chorus actually and it would help me. And it's all about a... Um, a potato clock. And... Um, 
Here's the chorus goes, a potato clock, a potato clock, has anybody got a potato clock? Okay, one, two. A potato clock, a potato clock, has anybody got a potato clock? I went down to London the other day, found myself a job with a lot of pay, carrying bricks on a building site from early in the morning till late at night. No one here works as hard as me. I never even break for a cup of tea. My only weakness, my only crime is I can never get to work on time. A potato clock, a potato clock, has anybody got a potato clock? I arrived this morning half an hour late. The boss came up in a terrible state. You've got a good job, but you're in for a shock. If you don't get a potato clock, a potato clock, a potato clock, has anybody got a potato clock? Good, eh? I'll do the last verse just again, just in case one or two people. I arrived this morning half an hour late. The boss came up in a terrible state. You've got a good job, but you're in for a shock if you don't get up at 8 o'clock. Ah, you did it. See, get up at get up at 8, eight o'clock in the morning. Funny, I'd written that poem. Must be six weeks after that, and that I got it. Then get up, up at, up at, up at. Okay, good. Um, let's see, two, two. All right, I'll just stop now and just have a break. Um, people sometimes say in these sessions, do you want to have a question and answer type of thing? And I thought that's better than that. Maybe if I give you the answers and you've got to guess what the question is, because I've done a lot of these things and uh, I know what the question is. So I'll give you the, I'll give you the answers and you've got to guess what the question was. Okay, right, here's the first answer. Uh, it's called Helen Highwater, and it's 61 pages long with big illustrations, and it's about a girl who swims, swims from Land's End to John O'Groats to save her sort of town being built over by developers. That's the answer. Question is, <laughs> question is, it's 100, listen, it's 61 pages long. Thank you. Yes, it was the longest poem you've ever written. That was, the, that was good, good, good question. Um, my second answer. I saw um, a thing in the newspaper years ago, actually, in the, was the Daily Express, I think, and it just said, um, Conservative government unemployment figures. I gave a list of all the unemployed all over the country. So I wrote this poem called Conservative Government Unemployment Figures. Conservative government unemployment figures. Um, that was the answer, yeah? The question the shortest poem I've ever written. Okay, the next one's a bit obtuse. I get some funny questions this. Here's the answer. From a little shop in Hammersmith. From a little shop in Hammersmith. No, that would be, that would be an intelligent one, yeah. Where do you get my shirt from? <laughs> Thank you. No, it's where do I get my ideas from? Right. Um, <laughs> 1,733 and a half. How many poems have you written? That was a round of applause. That was quick, quick as I said. Um, 52. <laughs> I can live in hope, yes? Thank you. No, it's how many books, how many books have you written? Liverpool. Yes, Everton. No, said that. 
Liverpool from Liverpool, Everton, it's football. Team. Okay. And um, 150 pounds. What am I getting paid? Yes. Okay, good. I'll do it. Um, two poems. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was, that was a bit of fun. I'll just finish with, with two poems. This poem does have a sort of, it's not a chorus, but a, a, all the time. It's called All in Time to the Music. And help me with the poem. If you would just go, it's about a tsunami, a serious poem, and listening to the rain coming in. Coming in. Um, so would you go All in Time, All in Time, All in Time to the Music? All in time, all in time. Very quietly, the very beginning to music. All in time. Keep it going. One time. All in time to the music. All in time, all in time, all in time to the music. The sea is outrageous, it rages and rages. All in time to the music. Manacles the moon for ages and ages. All in time to the music. The sea is secretive, its soul unassailable. All in time to the music. With mountains of water, black and unscalable. All in time to the music. The sea is strict and terribly sick and all in time to the music. Its arteries thicken, acid and slick and all in time to the music. The sea's in a panic, unstable and manic, all in time to the music. The earth in its clutches, everything touches, all in time to the music. When the earth quakes, the devil awakes, all in time to the music. He sends in his army, satanic tsunami, all in time to the music. What begins as a wave becomes a mass grave, all in time to the music. The water recedes, a continent bleeds, all in time to the music. All in time, all in time, all in time to the music. All in time, all in time. Thank you. And I'll finish with a poem called The Sound Collector. And I imagined a man going around stealing all those sounds that we love. And it would really be nice if, as I read the poem, if I can mention the sound if you make the sound that I mentioned. Okay. The sound collector. A stranger called this morning, dressed all in black and grey, put every sound into a bag and carried them away. The whistling of the kettle, the turning of the lock, the purring of the kitten, the ticking of the clock, the popping of the toaster, the crunching of the flakes. When you spread the marmalade, the scraping noise it makes, the hissing of the frying pan, the ticking of the grill, the bubbling of the bathtub as it starts to fill, the drumming of the raindrops on the window pane, when you do the washing up, the gurgle of the drain, the crying of the baby, the squeaking of the chair, the swishing of the curtain, the creaking on the stir. A stranger called this morning, he didn't leave his name, he left us only silence, life will never be the same. Give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you very much indeed. Um, what question and answer, is that all right? Question? I don't mind, don't mind. Thanks, Mashin. Thanks very much for coming. I did enjoy reading to you. Thanks a lot. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. And just just before you're allowed to leave your seats, um, can I just point out that Roger will be next door in the signing tent, and I'm sure he'll be very happy to sign any books. And I would just like to say that I actually got chucked out of a bookshop shop this afternoon. I had bought uh, my second copy of this, and I was just leafing through, and I was laughing so much 
that I spilt my cappuccino all down my front and down the woman opposite, and I was asked to leave. So I do recommend it very, very highly. So please, um, just one last time, put your hands together and please thank Roger very, very much indeed.